Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Introduction to the Devout Life by St. Francis de Sales, Book 1, Chapter 14, The Sixth Meditation on Judgment, Part 1, Preparation. First, place yourself in the presence of God. Second, entreat him to inspire you. Part two, considerations. First, when the time comes, which God has appointed for the end of this world, and after many terrible signs and warnings, which will overwhelm men with fear, the whole earth will be destroyed, and nothing then left. Second. Afterwards, all men, save those already risen, shall rise from the dead. Let the voice of the archangel appear in the valley of Jehoshaphat. But alas, with what diverse aspects. For some will be glorious and shining, others horrible and ghastly. Third, consider the majesty with which the sovereign judge will appear surrounded by all his saints and angels, his cross, the sign of grace to the good and of terror to the evil, shining brighter than the sun. Fourth, this sovereign judge will, with his awful word, instantly fulfilled, separate the evil and the good, setting the one on his right hand, the other on his left, in eternal separation for they will never meet again. Fifth, this separation made, the books of conscience will be opened, and all men will behold the malice of the wicked and how they have contemned God, as also the penitence of the good and the results of the grace they received. Nothing will be hid, O oh my God, what confusion to the one, what rejoicing to the other. Consider the final sentence of the wicked. Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Dwell upon these awful words. Go, he says, forever discarding these wretched sinners, banishing them forever from his presence. He calls them cursed. O oh, my soul, what a curse, a curse involving all other maledictions, all possible evil, an irrevocable curse, including all time and eternity, condemning them to everlasting fire. Think what that eternity of suffering implies. Sixth, then consider the sentence of the good. Come, the judge says, O blessed, loving word with which God draws us to himself and receives us in his bosom, blessed of my Father. O blessing above all blessings, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the beginning of the world. O my God, and that kingdom will know no end. Part three, affections and resolutions. Tremble, my soul, at the thought. 
O God, who will be my stay in that hour when the pillars of the earth are shaken? Second, abhor your sins, which alone can cause you to be lost when that fearful day comes. Surely I will judge myself now that I be not judged. I will examine my conscience, accuse, condemn, punish myself, that the judge may not condemn me then. I will confess my faults and follow the counsels given me. Conclusion. Thank God for having given you means of safety in that terrible day and time for repentance. Offer him your heart and ask for grace to use it well. Say the Our Father and Hail Mary. Gather your bouquet. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why does St. Francis de Sales have so many considerations in this chapter, six, and then only two affections and resolutions? Well, part of it is that the considerations have within them a lot of imaginative scenes. In the sixth meditation, he is including in the considerations a little more use of the imagination. He's really trying to help us spend more time in the composition of place, as he'll call it later, in that effort to aid the intellect by giving a more definite scene for the imagination. And so he gives us various aspects of the final judgment so that we can consider the consequences. What kind of things does he want us to consider? What kind of things does he want us to imagine? Well, he really wants us to imagine that nothing is left. Everything is destroyed. And then what does he see happening? A resurrection. He sees us rising from the dead. The world has been completely destroyed. And then there's rising. But it's not all pretty. There's ghastly souls and glorious souls. Why? Because our bodies at the resurrection, the final resurrection of the dead, will be in accord with our souls. Those who have been in heaven those who have the love of God in their souls will have that reflected in their bodies. You'll have a very lovable body. But those who have no love of God in their souls, who are eternally cut off from him, will have that reflected in their bodies. And there you have these beautiful, these ghastly resurrected bodies, 
And then our Lord comes down with his angels and saints, with his cross. And then there will be the separation. This eternal separation. And St. Francis de Sales adds that very meaningful line. And they will never meet again. The sheep and the goats will never meet again. Again, Francis de Sales wants us to spend a fair bit of time going over this scene, taking time to set our imagination, taking time to consider these things, what they might mean. And then he describes the judgment in which the books of conscience are open. And not just Christ, but all men will know. All men will see the wicked. All men will see the penitence of the good and the results of the grace they received. The good we do is the result of grace. Nothing will be hid. Nothing. What a lot to think about. What a lot of things to consider. The confusion, the rejoicing, the eternity of this judgment, the eternity of suffering. Again, Francis de Sales is preparing us for a general confession of our whole life. So we can purify our heart, not only from sin, but the affection of sins. But he doesn't end with the eternity of suffering. He wants us to end with considering the eternity of blessing. The eternal result of hearing the Lord say, blessed are you. Come, blessed of my Father. This will know no end. And then what's the affections he wants us to have? He wants us to consider what we're going to rely on that moment. When everything has been destroyed, the only thing we can rely on is him. And so therefore we want to be asking him, take now from me the things I rely on. And especially he wants us to abhor our sins. Trust in God, distrust in self. And then he leads us into this conclusion where we thank him. Thank him that we've repented. Thank him that we're even making this prayer. Thank him that we want to be sorry for our sins, that we have the means of safety. And then we offer him our heart for his service. But of course, we have to then ask for the grace to use our hearts well the grace to use his grace well. Then in this very intense meditation, we conclude by gathering a little bouquet, maybe the image that most stuck with us, the thing that really stuck out, and carry it through the day. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.